The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. This episode of Writing Excuses has been brought to you by our listeners, patrons, and friends. If you would like to learn how to support this podcast, visit www.patreon.com slash writing excuses. Season 14. Episode 47. This is Writing Excuses, writing characters with physical disabilities. 15 minutes long. Because you're in a hurry. And we're not that smart. I'm Piper. I'm Dan. I'm Nicola. I'm Tempest. And today we have a special guest joining us for our special episodes on Writing the Other, author Nicola Griffith, who is one of my favorite authors. And I'm so glad that she had the chance to join us today. And I'm going to give you a chance to just tell us a little bit about yourself as an author. I write novels mostly, occasionally short stories, but uh, they're rare for me. I prefer to focus at length because I get a bee in my bonnet about something and like to explore it. (laughs) What do you get a bee in your bonnet about mostly? Um, Norming the other. Okay. That's kind of what I do, and it's in fact just what I wrote my PhD thesis on too. Oh, sweet. So in in your work, um, have you tackled... Um, writing characters with physical disabilities that are um, the same or similar to the the physical challenges that you have experienced in your life? The only novel I've actually written uh, from the perspective of a woman with disabilities is my most recent book, So Lucky. And it's the only novel where I have written a character where I ignore her difference. Mm-hmm. All my mm-hmm. other books... The main characters are queer, but that's not the focus of the book. But So Lucky, my most recent novel, it's about becoming disabled and how that changes one's view of life. Interesting. And and do you feel as though um, in your work and the work of the people that you admire, it's it's more of a richness to just have a character who has an otherness um, or, and that's not the focus of the book or um, is it, I guess I want to say richer if, if that is the focus. Cause I know that that's a lot of the conversation around like whether or not when, when writing characters who are the, the other in mainstream society or the other to you, whether it should be about that or whether they should just be that and the book be about something else. I think it really depends for me in terms of queerness I always wanted to just have a world with queer people in it and to just, I I don't walk around thinking, my name's Nicola, I'm a woman, I'm queer. I just just go through life and I just assume the world is how it is. And to me, that's what I want a character to do. But the difference for me was that I really, really wanted to talk about 
becoming disabled. Mm -hmm. And so I had to address disability very specifically. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. So when others, other people, other writers are writing characters who have physical disabilities, what are the, the things that you see when it's done well that you wish you saw more of and the kind of stuff that you put in your work that, that you want to model for other writers writing uh, these types of characters? I have to say I'm a bit stumped at that um, because I think there is very, very, very little good fiction with characters with physical disabilities mm-hmm. because disability fiction is at the stage where queer fiction was, I think, about 60 years ago, honestly. Mm-hmm. It, it's still at the stage of a lot of um, kind of coming out fiction. Okay, that yeah. makes sense. People are very used to queer people now. It, it's it's much more acceptable. And still not that many people really know disabled people. Mm-hmm. I mean, we literally don't get out much. Okay. It's, the world is not an accessible place. So it used to be that five years ago you couldn't really get to conventions very easily. Now science fiction conventions are brilliantly organized, mostly. Mm-hmm. And so people know more disabled people, so you don't have to educate people to quite the degree that you do about queerness. Okay. But um, so for someone who uses a wheelchair, it is a lot of people don't really understand. They'll say, oh, yeah, my house is completely accessible. Well, it's just a small step. (laughs) (laughs) They don't get it. And so I felt the need to write my most recent book with a lot of this stuff in it to say, no, here's what accessible actually means mm-hmm. in fictional terms. Yeah, and, right. and that's so important. I grew up, uh, my mom's in a wheelchair, and I thought I knew these things. I'd grown up with them and then recently became uh, lactose intolerant and went to a Mexican restaurant without my lactate. And that redefined accessibility for me in, an, in a way that I thought I already had internalized and I hadn't. And suddenly I was confronted with this entire restaurant that I couldn't access, that I couldn't use. Mm-hmm. And it was, uh, it was very eye-opening. Uh, and so, you know, one of the things we, we like to do in this series is, uh, you know, talk to people, you know, about how to write something from an experience that is not their own. Um, you know, we, we love own voices. We want people to write about their own experiences, but also... I, we would love people who maybe don't have a physical disability to include more of that in their fiction. What, is, what, what are some things that they can do to do that research and to do their homework and to get that right? The best way is to actually use your imagination. And by that, I mean actually feel the embodied sensations. So imagine you are walking into a restaurant and imagine you've just had flu and you're recovering from flu. So I'm trying to imagine, for example, if you're using crutches, because there are a huge a huge spectrum of um, disabilities and mobility aids. So imagine someone on crutches. Their problem is not so much steps, although that is a problem. It's fatigue. So a way to imagine that is to think, okay, um, how do I feel when I've just had flu and I'm weak as a kitten? You need to think about spaces. And then if you think um, for a wheelchair user, I don't know how many people listening have kids, but imagine what it was like when you had a small person in, in a stroller. What's accessible? 
what's not. Mm-hmm. And and I can only imagine if if you are someone who has epilepsy. And again, to use the 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 exercise of going into a restaurant, if you are the kind of person who has grand mal seizures, perhaps what you look at is the floor. And most people with physical disabilities will think of the floor. Is it shiny? Is it slippy? Does it have steps? Is it steep? Is it at a tilt? Mm -hmm. If you fall down when you have a seizure, will you hurt your head? So it's very much about the physical environment and an embodiment. So yeah, think about bodies. Thank you. That's great. Hey, writers. Are you thinking about learning a new language? I think exploring the world, experiencing other cultures, and being able to communicate with people outside your everyday experience lets you create richer, better stories. A great way to do that is with Rosetta Stone, a trusted expert for over 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered. They use an immersive technique which leads to fast language acquisition. It's an intuitive process that helps you really learn to speak, listen, and most of all, think in the language you're trying to learn. They also feature true accent speech recognition technology that gives you feedback on your pronunciation. It's like having a voice coach in your home. Learn at home or on the go with a desktop and mobile app that let you download and access lessons even when you're offline. And it's an amazing value. A lifetime membership gives you access to all 25 languages, including Spanish, French, Italian, German, Japanese, and, of course, Korean. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Writing Excuses listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com today. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, Movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during Movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. I think I'm going to stop us for the book of the week. And I believe you have the book of the week for us, which is So Lucky. Could you tell us a bit about it? So Lucky is a short novel about a woman called Mara, who is one of those type A angry people who's on top of her world. She's married. She's got a fantastic job. She loves her work. And then in the space of a week, she is divorced by her wife, diagnosed with MS and loses her job. And um, as you can imagine, that makes her a little unhappy. So (laughs) the whole novel is about that. And then it's about how she deals with monsters, human and otherwise. That sounds impactful. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Um, And so for the next question, I would like to give you one of my own. And it's 
um, referring back to something you had said earlier in our discussion when it comes to living their lives, uh, I was wondering what advice you would give authors um, who want to include people with disabilities, especially particularly mobility disabilities, um, who are not only living their best lives, you know, they're, they're experiencing happiness, sadness, they're taking challenging lives and then they're going after their goals, but also they're living very full lives relationship wise and perhaps even exploring sensuality. Um, I think that sometimes that's erased or people don't want to think about that, but that is a part of life sometimes. Could you talk a little bit about that for authors who want to include characters like that in their books? Sure. Just, um, imagine, uh, an ordinary person and, um, how they might want to have sex sitting down or on a bed. You don't, if you're a wheelchair user, you can't have sex standing against a wall, for example. Mm -hmm. There are some very, very simple practical things, but that's all it is, is simple practical things. Um, Mm -hmm. Just just think about, again, think about the body, think about the mechanics of the thing. And then there's things like, well, if you are the kind of person who picks people up in clubs, you go to a club and you're going to be talking to people's belt buckles, <laughs> which alters the conversation a little. Um, so if you want to write a sympathetic character who's non-disabled, you can have them immediately see someone in a wheelchair and think, OK, I'm going to sit down so that I can speak to them on a level. Mm-hmm. So I suppose it depends if you want your other characters to be good guys or bad guys. You know, mm-hmm. how, how sensitive are they to this stuff? Am I making sense? Absolutely. And I think that that's really helpful, Um, not only because there are things that people can do to kind of see eye to eye, shall we say, Mm -hmm. Uh, but also considerations from a physical perspective and the mechanics of. Mm -hmm. Are there any resources that you could recommend for researching the mechanics or... Because I know that that would be another popular question. Actually, no, I I can't think of anything, but I will think about it. And then if I find something, I'll post it on my website. But right now, offhand, mm, no, I can't. I'm sorry. No, no, no. Um, Posting it on your website would be wonderful because then your website would be the reference. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, One resource that is always valuable, though you need to be very circumspect and very polite, obviously, when, when asking, is just going to primary sources talking to people who have disabilities and saying, well, are you willing to answer a few questions? Can I ask you what your life is like? Um, you know, and maybe don't jump straight into the sex question with a stranger, obviously. <laughs> Hi, I was you not the one who me. said sex. <laughs> I Please describe in great moments. <laughs> But, yeah. yes, um, uh, like I said, my mom grew up, uh, my, my, my mom's in a wheelchair, and uh, she is always happy to describe her experiences to, you know, people that she is comfortable with. And so making friends and asking them questions is a great way to do a lot of this research. Yes, and like everything else, it's a question of degree. So um, certainly queer people, people of color, people in wheelchairs, get little tired of being information dispensing machines. Mm-hmm. Um, and But if you are going to ask us to dispense information, perhaps you could do something for us. Absolutely. Always pay your sensitivity readers. For those of you who can't see us in the room because this is a podcast, there's a whole lot of nodding going on. <laughs> That's always the big thing. 
Um, one very quick question um, before we end. Um, so you said that um, with So Lucky, you wanted to to write a novel about um, someone who becomes disabled. But I know that also there are some um, act activists, uh, author activists who talk about how a lot of narratives about people who become physically disabled, is, it's about them becoming it. Like they, they weren't before, they were able-bodied before, and then somewhere during the course of the story, they become disabled. But there's not a lot of fiction about people who were born with a disability that meant they would always have to be in a wheelchair. Um, how do you feel about, you know, sort of the balance of those types of stories? Do you think that basically like any representation is good or or do you agree that like there should be more stories about the people who were born with a disability have always lived with it? I personally long for stories about disabled people the way I write stories about queer people, which is it's just a thing. Mm -hmm. I actually don't mind one way or other. I don't have a preference about whether or not someone's always been disabled. It's more a question of are they integrated with it now? Mm -hmm. That's what I would like. And moving forward, that's what I'll be writing. Um, the book I'm working on now, which is the sequel to Hild, um, it has disabled people in it. And it's very interesting trying to figure out what the world would be like in the seventh century for mm -hmm. people with disabilities. Awesome. Well, thank you very much for joining us. We very much appreciate it. It's my pleasure. Thank and you. at this point... Thank you. Uh, we do have the homework to give our listeners. So would you mind please giving us our homework? Sure. I want to go back to various points in um, today's interview where I talked about the Italian restaurant. I use this a lot with my students for, and you can use it for almost any situation. It's all about what it means to be the character in their own body. So someone is going into an Italian restaurant. What do they see? What do they notice? How do they feel and why? I'm going to give you an example. So, for example, a guy who's just been queer bashed, he would go in there and he would be really nervous around men with loud voices, for example. Or a woman with a small child might be looking for sharp objects. A lot of fancy Italian restaurants, they have those big open flames, big open kitchens, and uh, a woman with small kids would be like, oh, I don't think this is the right place for us. <laughs> and so someone in a wheelchair will see, see different things. Um, someone on crutches will see different things. So that would be your prompt. Put yourself in your character's body, take them into that restaurant, see what happens. Thank you. Awesome. Thanks. Well, there you have it, everyone. You're out of excuses. Now go write. Writing Excuses is a Dragonsteel production, jointly hosted by Brandon Sanderson, Dan Wells, Mary Robinette Kowal, and Howard Taylor. This episode was mastered by Alex Jackson. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.